The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Social Selling with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they will discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Yes, indeed. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you want to run with the Game Changers, oh, you know you're in the right place. We prove that every single week. The buzz on the street today is a quote from Douglas Adams, the author of The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy back in 1978. Here's the quote. I don't believe it. Prove it to me, and I still won't believe it. Ah, just get that in your heads. Now let's talk about what our topic is. Reality check. Social selling, it is changing the sales industry in positive and profitable ways. I can hear Douglas Adams echoing. I don't believe it. Prove it to me, and I still won't believe it. Well, if you need numbers to be convinced, if you're a doubter, salespeople who are skilled social media users are six times more likely to exceed their quota than those who are not. They're either not using it or they don't know what they're doing. That's a quote from a blog by M.M. Biro, B-I-R-O, on Forbes.com just last year, a year ago, 5-22-15. But even with growing proof like this, you may still need to convince your entire sales organization to adopt and internalize. That's a key word. Internalize this new selling and engagement mindset and strategy. They may be scratching their heads and saying, ah, that was in an article on Forbes. Ah, that was in an article on HubSpot. Doesn't mean anything. It's just numbers. Well, it's a formidable task. We all agree. It needs to be done. How do you do it? You need a training program. Any training program? Probably not. You're looking to have a transformation that's effective, that's fast, that's cost-effective, and that everybody embraces, and you're looking to boost adoption rates. You really want them to use it once you train them. So the question is, what is the right type of training for your company's sales force? Aha. We have three major experts today weighing in on this, and we're going to start with Lady who hasn't been on the show in a while, it's been way too long, it's Jill Rowley at the hashtag social selling, and Jill has sent me a wonderful quote from Brian Solis, S-O-L-I-S, and uh, let me just tell you, Brian Solis is a digital analyst, speaker, and author, and let's see, he is, he says, uh, PR as we know it is a dying practice, he said in a 2009 interview with Adweek, observing that publicists had evolved away from the public to concentrate on broadcasting messages to audience through intermediaries. He publishes annual industry reports that track tech and business trends. And let's just stop talking about Brian Solis. And here is the quote that Jill Rowley has selected. There's no time to be a guru. There's too much to learn. I spend all my time being a student. Is that true of you, Jill Rowley? How are you? I'm well, Bonnie. Thank you for having me back on the show. I'm really excited to be here. We're Um, delighted, Jill. Yeah, tell me, are you a big follower of Brian's? 
big follower of Brian. Uh, he's an author of numerous books, and uh, his latest book is called X, The Experience When Business Meets Design. Uh, one of his prior books is What's the Future of Business? And he, he talks about, you know, I, I do a lot of studying, learning on generationals, um, generational uh, changes and impacts. And you've got your millennials, your, your, my husband's a baby boomer, I'm a Gen X, I have two millennial kids, I have two Gen Z kids, and Brian talks about Gen C. And Generation C is the connected generation. And it doesn't really know any age. It really mm-hmm. crosses all generations, and it just talks about that generation that is always connected and they're always connecting. Jill, when we look at these, I talked about in the opening about salespeople who don't get it. Maybe they don't want to get it. Maybe they're resistant. What generation do you think they're in? They're not always connected, obviously. Are they doubters just because it's different, it's hard, it's new, because they don't think it's going to make a difference? Or what would be the reason? Any thoughts on that before we move on? Two things. One, they, they haven't had their aha or their mm. oh crap moment. <laughs> and I Never one to mince from- words. That's our Joe <laughs> Rally. No, I appreciate that. They haven't had their aha, their oh crap moment. Okay. Right. They, and- they, they know things have been changing because they're not stupid, but they just haven't had that, oh, now I get it. I have to change because the world's changed around me. Um, so they, either, they haven't had that moment or... It's hard. It, it, it's just really hard to figure out how do I get started? What do I have to do? What do I have to change? What are the new things? And then, and then on top of that, if your organization hasn't had their aha or their oh crap moment, mm-hmm. if you as an individual are trying to change, but you're being measured on things that don't align to your new behaviors, your new routines, then you've got to disconnect. Thank you. I can't stop thinking about that. They haven't had their oh ha, their aha, their oh crap. I'm trying to tweet that while you're talking, Jill. And you know what? You are a straight shooter, and that's what we appreciate and love about you. You say it like it is. And Jill, do you think that people in companies who want their sales forces to embrace, engage, and do this effectively should say that? Okay, kids, boys and girls, sit down, shut up, and listen. It's time for us to give you your aha moment, because if not, you're going to be looking at your failure to meet quota, and you're going to say, oh, crap. Do you think that's part of the same story, Jill? Well, we're all motivated differently. I have four kids. Sometimes the carrot works, and sometimes the stick works, and sometimes nothing works. Um, <laughs> so I think you have to test and try, and you have to, you have to really know thy audience. And, and I don't think a one-size-fits-all approach works. And so you really have to think about it. I've got a pair of glasses. They're my husband's, like, goggle, beer goggle glasses. They're like really thick and they're really unattractive, but I put them on and I say, I have to look at things through the eyes of my customer. You have to look at things through the eyes of your learner and you have to understand what's going to work for them. So there isn't, unfortunately, there's not a one size fits all. 
Thank you very much. Appreciate your words of wisdom always, Jill, and welcome back. Let's not wait so long to get you back on again. And I hear in the background, somebody is giggling. He's laughing. It's got to be Mario M. <laughs> Martinez, Jr., the man with all those M's in his name. And we talked just before we started about calling him at M underscore 3JR, which is his Twitter handle, and I'm using it amazingly a lot here at hashtag SAP Radio. We'll just call him Mario for now. Mario has sent me a quote that, well, some people think it came from Vince Lombardi, and some people came from think it came from hairdresser Vidal Sassoon, and some people think it came from the quote collector and columnist Bennett Cerf, and some people think it came from Mark Twain, but actually it came from a newspaper columnist named Stubby Currents in 1935. What? Let me just read the quote, because the quote <laughs> is a beauty that Mario picked. It says, the dictionary is the only place where success comes before work. Oh, come on, kids, scratching your, stop scratching your head. You know, S comes before W. Mario Martinez, thanks for the great quote. How are you, Mario? I am fabulous, Bonnie. Thank you so much. Uh, it is a going to be, actually, uh, Jill and I are in the same neck of the woods, so it's going to be an 80-degree day today here in uh, sunny San Francisco Bay Area, and I cannot, I am super happy today. Wow. Great wow. I think we're also, we're happy that we just got sunshine. I don't really care what the temperature is here in New York after two <laughs> weeks of rain. So tell me, I, I know that this quote supposedly came from Vince Lombardi, and it really doesn't matter. It's a great quote. The dictionary is the only place where success comes before work. Mario, how does that relate to our topic of adoption for social selling? Oh, my gosh. Um, it relates in, in a significant way. <clears throat> First off, I picked that because... Um, we, as you know, I left corporate America and I went off on my own. And that story, as you know, it, uh, was, it was never, it was never the intention. Uh, it happened. And, uh, I, in January when I left after getting uh, three phone calls from three fortune 100 from a CEO directly, uh, a head of worldwide sales operations and a head of America's marketing, I, I, jumped in and I said, let's, let me help organizations launch their digital selling programs. And I got to tell you, um, I definitely did not expect how much work this would be in being an entrepreneur. Uh, and ah. I definitely underestimated, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, level of effort, but today, Bonnie, I am so excited because today marked a pinnacle, uh, a pivotal event for, uh, M3 Junior Growth Strategies and myself uh, in that, number one, I get to be here on this uh, show with three amazing women, Jill Rowley, <laughs> Kirsten Boylo, and Bonnie Graham. Flattery gets me everywhere, right, Bonnie? <laughs> Absolutely. If you remember my middle initial D, it'll get you even further, but go ahead, Mario. Bonnie D. Graham, there we Mario go. Mario M. Mario M. Bonnie D. You get it now. So, so I love it. We're and happy to have you here. Yes. Thank you. Uh, I, uh, this, is, this is what I would call the dream team panel here. And uh, if Jill and I weren't only 20 minutes away, I'd be in the same room as Jill right now. But uh, I, I'm so excited to be here. That's, that's the first big thing that um, has got me going. The second big thing is uh, Inc. Um, Magazine dropped an article today, and it is about myself and M3 Junior Growth Strategies. <clears throat> and really the, the, the changing ideas of how um, – Salespeople need to think differently uh, when engaging with their buyers. The modern buyer, this is actually straight from Jill, and I, I stole this from Jill, and I keep using it. The modern buyer has changed. The question is, have you? Uh, and so that's number two. And number three, it has been 
such an immense, amazing job and work, and I can't even countless hours or no hours of sleep. But today we launched the new m3junior.com website. And it is all about social selling. It is all about what we do. And it's all about how we help uh, the sales and marketing organizations get to where they want to go. So I am, I'm elated, ecstatic. I'm just super excited and I'm happy to be here with you guys. And that's why I chose that quote because of how much work uh, it has been to be able to get to where we are at uh, and um, we're, we're growing. We're growing very, very fast, and it's been an amazing ride. I'm very happy for your success, Mario, and, and I think the message for our listeners when we're talking about social selling, and I'm, before I introduce Kirsten again, Jill, I'm just going to pop over to you for a second. The message is that if you do social selling and you do it well, as I mentioned in my opening quote from Forbes, uh, you will have a much higher rate of exceeding quota so that the work comes before the success. Would you agree with that in the, that reference point, Jill? Yeah, no question. Um, This isn't a panacea. It's not a shortcut. It's not the latest trick or tip. Um, It's really widespread change, and it requires um, a lot of a lot of investment in learning about your buyer, learning about what they care about, learning about the world in which they live. Um, This isn't, you know, a lot of times companies. They they want their 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 sales teams to stop focusing on features and functions, and stop selling product and start focusing on customer outcomes. But every single company, just about in their sales onboarding training, they have extensive product training. So they're they're training their salespeople on the product, but they don't want their salespeople to quote sell product. And so um, something as simple as 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 think, rethinking the way that you onboard your sales team. Um, the way that, that they, you know, learn in, in, the, in the organization, um, there's a lot of work. There's, and we'll talk extensively about mm-hmm. how much work is involved in this transformation. It, it does Thank- come before success. Thank you very much, Jill. And now let's turn to Kirsten Boyleau waiting so patiently in the wings. I understand she just finished <laughs> leading a webinar, an event, a presentation. She's always speaking to big audiences because she knows what she's talking about. Kirsten is the Director of Digital Startup, leading the SAP Social Business and Social Selling Initiatives for SAP Global Marketing. Kirsten has selected a wonderful quote from John C. Maxwell, and I'll just tell you how important Maxwell is. He was named the world's top leadership guru by Leadership gurus.net how appropriate he's also one of only 25 authors and artists named to amazon.com's 10th anniversary hall of fame three of his books the 21 irrefutable laws of leadership that's one developing the leader within you that's two and the 21 indispensable qualities of a leader that's the third book have each sold over a million copies and in total he has sold over 16 million books and his organization has trained over 2 million leaders worldwide I would say he's a thought leader. Uh-huh. And here's the quote. If we are growing, we are always going to be outside our comfort zone. Kirsten Boyleau, are you out of breath or did you catch your breath from your last event 12 <laughs> minutes ago, Kirsten? Oh, finally, yes, managed to, to catch my breath. It was actually a, an internal global all-hands call, so <clears throat> it was a pretty big deal, and uh, it went really, it's really a very well. big deal. Um, yeah, but now I'm, you know, heads down and into this, into this, uh, conversation, really excited to be here with, with Bonnie and, 
and you're with you and with uh, with Jill and with Mario as well. Um, yeah, I think we have a really great panel here today. So now talk um, to but me about the, Maxwell. The Who did you? There. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was just going to say, you know, um, to kind of follow on what uh, what Jill was saying about, you know, it. it it's about changing. It's about um, being different. It's 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 not necessarily. It's not a quick fix. It's not um, the next uh, magic pill <laughs> to make things right. It really is. Um, uh, you know, social selling is about changing the way that we do business, and that's not easy. Change is hard for everybody, um, or almost everybody. I guess I shouldn't make that a completely blanket statement, but it really is almost hard for almost everybody. And and you know stretching and growing out of that comfort zone is how we know that we really are growing and changing and making those um, those next steps and, and transforming the way that we're doing business. Thank you very much, Kirsten. Uh, I think this goes very well with the quote we just got from Mario about success. The only place success comes before work is in the dictionary because the idea of being outside our comfort zone. I think they say this about babies, don't they? That when, when little kids are learning to first to crawl and then to stand up and then to walk, there's that wonderfully delightful plateau where they're comfortable and then they go, they stretch to the next level of their growth and their learning and their motor skills. And then there's a lot of crying and scratching. And, I can't do this. I think we're all like that too. So the question is today on our show, how do we find the right training program so that salespeople will adopt and embrace and learn and grow and everybody will kick you know what, their quota and really make it happen. So I'm going to circle back to Jill Rowley. Jill, tell me exactly where you are, not the ad, not the street address, but where are you and what time is it and what are you drinking today? Because this is a part of the show called What's in Your Cup Today. So Jill Rowley, we'd love to hear what, what gets your go- your motor going on social selling every day. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm actually from my home office today in the East Bay. I live in Danville slash Alamo. Half the houses in my neighborhood are in one town called Danville, and the other half are in <laughs> Alamo. I actually happen to be on the uh, Alamo side of the of the neighborhood. Um, and my routine is actually quite similar. Every morning I get up before I get out of bed, I scroll through my social updates. So I look at my Twitter feed and my LinkedIn updates. Um, I do all of that before, long before I check email. I think email is a cockroach of the internet. Um, it's not going to go away. It's still necessary, but I really hate email. It's other people's priorities. Um, and my husband brings me coffee in bed, and I am just really oh. lucky that he um, loves me enough that he does that. And so um, I have home-brewed coffee in the morning, and then after I go to the gym and work out, I get a Starbucks uh, chai tea latte. And um, I'm looking forward to my Starbucks chai tea latte after my homebrewed coffee. And he served it to me in my Sydney, Australia cup because I was recently in Sydney. I did a keynote at a conference, and then I did a lot of uh, social selling meetings, talking with various companies about uh, the importance of social selling and how to drive behavioral change. And that's what we're talking about today. Thank you very much, Jill. I'm glad you have your Australia Cup and you have a wonderful husband. I don't know if you want to rent him out, but he sounds he sounds delicious. So we'll leave that one alone. And Mario, what are you drinking? <laughs> I should take this comment the wrong way, but I think I need one of those husbands. <laughs> <laughs> no, we didn't. We get it. I set that one up and you just fell right in. It's okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, come on, Jill. <laughs> Someone's got to bring me coffee. Actually, um, uh, normally... 
my wife does bring me tea. I actually like hot tea. Uh, I don't know what it's been. I've been on this kick lately of drinking literally uh, plantation mint tea. And um, ah. it's, it's been a recent kick. And my wife has been bringing me um, tea this morning. I got up earlier. It is 7 a.m. as well. I am literally 20 minutes away from where Jill lives. I live in Lafayette, <clears throat> California, which is right next to Walnut Creek. And uh, I, I don't have an interesting story to tell you about mint tea outside of I drink mint tea with two um, small teaspoons of sugar. It's probably way too much sugar. I don't need any more sugar, but um, that's what I'm drinking, Bonnie. <laughs> Mario, I'm going to give you a hint. Mint tea doesn't need any sugar. Learn to drink it straight up. Neat, if you will. It is a beautiful thing, and I always sniff the, if you buy a, get a, a good brand that has a little foil packet with a tea bag inside, I always just sniff that. It just clears my sinuses. It's like uh, sniffing oil of, of peppermint. But, Mario, my story about mint is that if I go to a restaurant and ask for mint tea, invariably the waiter will say, we don't have mint tea. We have peppermint. I'm not sure who trained them, Jill. I'm not sure who trained them, but they cannot make the leap of faith or they'll say, we only have spearmint and peppermint tea. Is that okay? And I'll say, yes, as long as it has the letters M-I-N-T in it, it's fine with me. But seriously, they cannot make that leap. They want to know if it's okay with me to serve me peppermint instead of mint. So I have to learn to say peppermint, spearmint, or just plain old mint tea. Thank you very much. And yes, pass that little envelope around, Mario, because it's a beautiful thing to smell that. Let's just leave that one alone. Kirsten where are you calling from? I think you're in Canada today, and what are you drinking? I am in Canada near Toronto, but now west Toronto and Waterloo, and um, <clears throat> it's finally starting to turn green here. I'm, I'm happy to see out my, my office windows here. I can see some green. <laughs> the trees aren't green yet. They're kind of yellowish yet. Um, I... I um, I had a chai tea to uh, to go with um, what Jill was saying earlier, chai tea latte from Starbucks. That's one of my favorites. Um, I had one earlier this morning, but I've been at in my, at my desk for the past three hours, so <clears throat> um, I have really just got water <laughs> at the moment. I haven't had a chance to step away and get anything new. Uh, but yeah, water. I, I just love drinking water. It's it's so refreshing and and it really um, helps me to give give me lots of energy. I like that. I've never heard anybody say water gives energy, but you know I believe that because that's all I drink because they won't let me go near caffeine on radio show days, and we know why. And I've been using a little pink straw all week because every time it gets gloomy and it looks like it's going to rain, as my, my late mother-in-law used to say, it's pluing, you know, the French word for rain. Uh, I, I just look at this little pink straw and say, come on, you can bring the sunshine. So here we are. We are talking with Jill Rowley, Mario M. Martinez, Jr., Kirsten Boylo. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Our topic today here on Social Selling with Game Changers Radio is social selling adoption, how to make it happen. We're having a good time, but it's a serious topic. If your people are not believers, if you have some laggards, if you have those who say, eh, I don't want to learn that, or eh, just pick up the phone, email, what the Jill just called the cockroach of communications, I think. I'm not going to put that on Twitter, Jill. You could do that yourself. If you have people who are doing that and you strongly believe this is the way to go and you know it's the way to go, you've got to train them, you've got to engage them, you've got to set them up for success, because success only comes before work in the dictionary. We've established that 12 times. So we're going to take a quick break, regroup here when we come back. Jill Rally has agreed to start the roundtable with me. We're going to come back with some terrific tips for all of you, all of you out there in our global audience. So don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We'll be right back. Justin out.
business? You'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Social media is taking sales organizations by storm, and only those who adapt quickly into the new digital world will be around in the future. Social selling is a new tool that has implications to all lines of business, from building the fundamentals in the sales process and getting the content marketing mix right, to building cross-functional teams and building the systems to truly measure the impact of social. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how social selling is changing the world of business. Social Selling with Game Changers is presented by SAP. Visit www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. listening to Social Selling with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Social Selling with Game Changers. Here we are indeed, and we are talking about social selling adoption, a very important topic. You can't run, you can't hide, you got to join it. The wave is here and it's happening. The successful salespeople are using social media, social networking, social selling, social biz, and they're using it very well. Jill Rowley, Chief Evangelist at Hashtag Social Selling and Startup Advisor to numerous tech companies, including a list too long for me to mention. She says she's a sales professional trapped in a marketer's body. I like that very much. I'm sure your <laughs> husband appreciates that, Jill. Jill, let's look at one of your topics you sent me. Let's, uh, like what they say in The Sound of Music, let's start at the very beginning. Who should own social selling? And Jill Rowley says social selling is not a marketing campaign. The program should be owned by sales leadership. Jill, why don't you expand that for us, please? Sure, Bonnie. So I, I kind of feel like I have a, a vantage point of seeing this movie before because I spent over a decade building the marketing automation space. It wasn't called marketing automation when I joined uh, Eloqua back in 2002. And so I spent you know over a decade where my customer was marketing I was a sales professional the entire time. I was an individual quota-carrying sales rep, um, mm-hmm. you know, every quarter on quota, making the number. Um, but my buyer was marketing. So I learned a lot about how marketing was evolving. And the thing is, we know that the buyers changed more in the past 10 years than the past 100. I've seen marketing evolve and adapt. And when I was doing that, marketing operations was an emerging function within organizations that didn't exist. As marketing moved from brand to demand, we saw this new function required in organizations to to really bring in a data-driven, process-oriented approach to marketing. We're seeing sales finally get their aha or their oh crap moment and say, oh, the buyer's changed. We need to change the way we sell. Okay, so now that we know that, who is best to drive that transformation internally in a large organization? There's an emerging role and an emerging function called sales enablement. And there, there aren't enough companies that are actually investing in this function. We will see that change. Um, and we will see companies that have already gotten onto the sales enablement train, we will see them make it a more strategic function within the organization. Sales enablement, if you think about marketing on the left and sales on the right, in the middle, 
you have sales enablement. You have it overlapping the marketing and sales functions. I think of it as the glue or sometimes the bridge or even the translation engine from marketing speak to sales customer-ready conversation. And so I really believe, and, and, and the research also shows that sales enablement has traditionally started reporting into marketing and it is now best suited to report into sales. Sales enablement owns the knowledge, the skills, and the assets that sales professionals need to have the right customer interaction in every channel at every stage of the buying and the customer journey. So sales enablement owns the knowledge, the skills, and the assets. And that, because social selling isn't a lunch and learn, it's not a webinar, it's not a keynote, it has to be embedded into your existing sales methodology, your processes, your systems, your metrics. It has to be owned by the function that, that has that perspective, that understands the sales strategy, the sales strategy being tied to the corporate strategy. So it really should be owned by sales enablement, which in the most mature organizations reports into sales, not marketing. But after all of that, I'm going to take a breath, Bonnie, and say, it depends. <laughs> Uh, oh, come on. You're not going to leave us hanging there. Before Mario and Kirsten jump in here, come on, give us a little a little dot, dot, dot. It depends on, at least give us the factors, the variables, Jill. What are they? Well, it, it really is. I always look at who. Who within the organization is a change agent, is a mobilizer, who can create cross-functional collaboration, alignment, unification, and who can really drive transformation in an organization, who can be that internal champion who has the credibility um, of, of, uh, of the organization. So, so you need a Kirsten Boilo. You, you need someone within the organization who is really effective at, at project management, at um, internal evangeliz- evangelism, so, so it, it, it really, you have to look within your own organization and, and, and see which, who is owning that today. And if they report up to marketing, so be it. And, and in fact, SAP, I love, I'm not just, I love um, the, the article in Forbes on the CMO network about SAP's success formula to B2B social selling. And it's, it's Maggie Fox, the SVP of marketing mm-hmm. and at SAP, and, 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 and at SAP, the actual, it, it, it's owned more in marketing, and maybe Kirsten can um, expand on that, but it, but it seems to be owned more in marketing, and, and, and it's working. So that's where the dot, 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 it depends really comes in. Thank you. And I think, I'm not sure we're going to get a full agreement from Mario Martinez out there, MMM. What do you think, Mario? <laughs> we have we have a, a partial agreement. Uh, yes. Jill, Jill is a, a very very uh, good mentor of mine, and I've watched her for many years. So <clears throat> I very much respect everything Jill says, um, and I I, 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 I agree um, that there is the dot 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 and the but. Um, in fact, <clears throat> some of my clients' social selling, as Jill alluded to, is is actually being run by the marketing organization. Um, however, however, um, I believe 
that um, while Jill is correct, you have to engage and you have to have sales enablement, um, also known as sales operations, uh, in at least the, the old, old world, if you would, that the new rebranded sales enablement is taking on the strategy piece. But <clears throat> sales operations and sales enablement are critical to the success of launching a social selling program, that the actual driving of the adoption and the driving of um, the use of techniques to, to create relationships and nurture those relationships has to be owned by sales leadership. And here's the reason for that. Uh, <clears throat> today, sales enablement and sales operations organizations, they do not get into the weeds of how uh, sales individuals are nurturing relationships through the sales process and funnel. They are not involved with the prospecting outside of the teaching methodology when someone comes on board to onboard them from, from a training perspective and maybe some ongoing training. Rather, the day-to-day how, who, what, and the strategy that goes into actually helping a salesperson um, move an opportunity forward or connect with a buyer so that they can actually create an opportunity that is today owned by the sales leaders and a sale up through the sales channel. So from my perspective, and having, having had been, like, like Jill, my background doesn't come from marketing. It is tried, true, 100% bona fide sales guy for the last 18 years and then sales leadership. So I believe it has to be owned, including the executive sponsorship, the assistance with training, the outreach, the creating of the brand presence of both personal as well as company. It must be owned by a senior sales leader. And that sales leader is going to rely on someone in sales enablement to help map out the entire adoption strategy, to help map out the pieces, the project management, those, those different components. But here's the, here's the reality. <clears throat> Coming from a sales guy and, 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 and former sales leader, one of the things that sales reps, and I don't necessarily agree with this, but this is what happens. One of the things that sales reps constantly say when they look at the sales enablement operations leader, when they're out there training them to tell them how to do their job, they look at them and say, most of these guys have never carried a bag. Now, I'm not saying this is correct. I'm not saying this is correct, this viewpoint. But this is a, this is a view of what many salespeople think. And those that have gone from sales to sales operations, many salespeople look at them and say, well, come on, you're not even in sales anymore, right? Mm-hmm. And so that is a, it's a bad view to take, but it's unfortunately, it's, it's oftentimes the reality. So to speak the language of the salesperson, to drive that adoption, you must have sales leadership involved um, with driving the adoption. And I think of um, one of the, the things that I, I commonly say, you know, it, this is, this, half of this is taken from, from, from Jill, which is the modern buyer has changed, without a doubt. Just the last two years alone completely changed the game on us. But sales tactics and leaders have not. And that is where I think the fundamental change and shift needs to happen <clears throat> because as a vice president of sales or as a director or as a manager or as a senior vice president, do you know how easy it is for you to connect with a fellow peer customer? It is extremely easy. And then when you have that connection, you can map 
Uh, you, you, and this is what I tell sales leaders when I talk to them. In your title, it says the word something sales, VP of sales, senior vice president of sales. So let's do selling. <laughs> let's do sales. Let's bring in some opportunities. Let's bring some leads in. And, and this social selling has that opportunity for you to be able to have that extended reach and for you to be able to train and educate and bring people along with you so that the army follows you, the, 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 the soldiers, excuse me, the soldiers follow you. So that's, that's Thank my you, Mario. Good. I appreciate that. Kirsten, we have to get you to chime in here. What do you think? Agree, disagree with any or all? Start with Jill and then Mario. Where do you, where do you sit or stand <clears> on this? Well, a uh, couple of things. Um, I'm not 100% sure I agree that, uh, that social selling should be owned by sales uh, enablement, or, or did she say sales leadership? I forget which one she said. Um, I see a couple of different things on, uh, on Twitter here, so <laughs> I'm having a bit of trouble there. Um, <clears throat> because I really think that it almost needs to be a combination. Uh, I don't think that marketing should own it necessarily outright either. I don't think any one organization, honestly, should, or, should, um, should own outright because there are parts of it that need to be owned by different organizations. Um, <clears throat> the, the enablement needs to come from enablement, uh, but the training for those enablement people probably needs to come from marketing because our, our salespeople are not necessarily, some of them are, but are not necessarily uh, socially savvy. And so they're coming to marketing because marketing has the expertise in, in how to, um, to interact on social and how to build those relationships on social. Uh, but yet um, the salespeople, they really understand how to build relationships in other areas. And so they, you know, taking those same tactics and, and applying them in a social way, kind of you need to, to work that out between marketing and sales to bring those two pieces together. Um, leadership, you know, um, <clears throat> sales leadership needs to be uh, fully on board with what's happening within an organization. So because it always trickles down, it never, um, it's, you know, you might get awareness pushing from the bottom up, but you're never going to get full adoption until you're pushing from the bottom, from the top down. Um, <clears throat> and so I really think it has to be, it, it, it almost is becomes a council of some sort or a, um, an ownership on many levels from the marketing side, from the enablement side, from the leadership side. Uh, it, it has to come from all three of those organizations who own it in, in different ways. Uh, I don't think any one organization should own it outright. Jill Rowley, got to get you to, you started this. Why don't we get you to chime in here? Thoughts on what Kirsten and Mario have shared? Oh, yeah, I was chomping at the bit. I'm like, me, 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 me. You, 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 you. If sales training, and this is generally what I see, marketing can't own sales training. Marketing can't tell sales how to, how to sell. And when marketing trains sales on social selling, they don't train them on social selling. They train them on social media. Social media. And ah. social media is very different than social selling. And, mm-hmm. in fact, I don't automate a single social share from my Twitter or my LinkedIn or any other network because I am practicing social selling. I am not practicing social marketing. I use these social networks. I don't, when, I, when I talk to sales, I don't talk about social media at all because social media is confusing, it's chaotic, it's noisy, it's the wild, wild west of the world wide web. Social media is about reach. 
social networks are about relationships. And, and if you talk about social networking, networking is something salespeople do, have always done. And so if we talk in the language of sales, we are going to get that aha, that oh crap, and that behavioral change better than if we talk in the language of marketing. Anytime sales thinks that you're teaching them how to do marketing, they're like, that's not my job. And when you try to tell them that you're teaching them how to sell, they're like, that's not your job. And that's why I think that this new emerging function that sits between marketing and sales is so important so that we look at things from the, the brand and the messaging, the overarching uh, themes and, and, the, and the marketing strategy, but we translate that into the language of sales. So I actually think having marketing train salespeople is, a, is, a, is not a good idea. Um, and then from what Mario said about sales leadership, absolutely no question about it. I was on a call uh, earlier this week with uh, head of global training at CA Technologies. I've been mm-hmm. working with CA for actually since I opened the, the doors of, of my company over two years ago. And what he said, what Andrew Plunkett said, is had Greg Randolph, the SVP of Global Solution Sales at CA, had social selling not been on his top three priority list, it never would have gotten funded. It never would have gotten done. And, and on top of that, Greg sold it up to Adam Elster, who's the EVP and group executive of Worldwide Sales. Had Adam, the, the global head of all sales, he owns the revenue number at CA, had he not been bought in, they never would have invested at the level that they've invested into a prescriptive, mechanized uh, mastery program to drive that behavioral change, to drive the metrics that they measure. It never would have happened. It would have been a lunch and learn, a webcast, a workshop, a keynote, and it would not be embedded into the organizational fabric of how they actually sell. Interesting, interesting. Okay, very, very, very interesting. Thank you, Jill. I hope I've gotten all these tweets right. Kirsten, I'm not trying to uh, confuse you. I'm, I'm trying to keep <laughs> keep notes here. So feel free to correct me. That's fine. I want to move into what a social selling program, training adoption program should be. I'm going to go down to Mario Martinez's notes and uh, we're going to start. Mario, let's keep this brief. I'll read one piece from your notes, have you talk about a minute and a half on it. Then I want to quickly go around the table and make sure we have plenty of time because we only have seven minutes until we go to our crystal ball predictions round. Mario says the first step in driving adoption of social selling must include an actual complete adoption strategy. What does this look like? Well, it looks like helping the company put together a branding plan, an ROI tracking plan, a success story plan, an internal communications plan, a gamification plan, and a post-training indoctrination plan. Wow, whoever gets whoever gets saddled with this or gets the privilege of doing this is going to be busy. Mario, talk to us. Is this the complete plan you've just described? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Bonnie. <clears throat> so this, this actually tees off well off of the subject that we were just talking about 
and, and the conversation of, you know, who can help drive these types of plans, mm-hmm. the adoption strategy. Um, and without a doubt, um, to Jill, um, Jill's point and, and Kirsten's point as well, is that Mark, it, this, this takes everybody to drive this adoption plan, right? So you're, you're going to be looking at leveraging your sales enablement, your uh, AKA operations, um, You'll be looking at leveraging marketing, the social media team, all of these different um, groups within an organization to help deliver this adoption strategy. And the adoption strategy must be in place first. It, it pains me. It kills me when I hear a company said, I just hired somebody to do our social selling training, and it's a one-hour webinar. And I'm like, what happens next? <laughs> what happens after that? Like that social selling training is not just a webinar to, to, to Jill's point. It is not just a, a, a 10 week course that you're smashing in training uh, and, and um, you're setting it and forgetting it. That's not what it's about. You have to be able to drive an adoption strategy that helps to drive um, the adoption upfront. And that long term helps the organization to be able to um, drive continual use and honing in of the skills and development of their sales organization um, such that they can then actually uh, utilize these techniques when a training organization comes in uh, and helps deliver training and they walk away. It's got to be a sustainable model. And so that needs to be inside there. And then probably one of the most important elements of this adoption strategy is how are you going to share success, drive success? How are you going to gamify this, um, this program? And then what sales leaders care about, the number one question on the board that I get from every sales leader is, well, what's the ROI? Um, and so that, that, that is a question of, well, how complete is your adoption strategy and plan? Uh, and if it's not there and all you're doing is training, you're buying training from, from individuals out there that are, helping, that are coming in and training through a webinar or an onsite or a workshop, Bah humbug, right? Walk away, save your money, because that's not what's going to keep um, the the uh, the program successful. It's the ongoing adoption strategy, long term, that uh, must be in place. Thank you. Very very compelling. I hope our listeners are taking notes. This is good. Kirsten Boyleau, thoughts on what Mario shared? Agree? Disagree? I <clears throat> excuse me. I absolutely agree. I, I think that if you truly are, are going to uh, adopt social selling into your organization, you have to have a com- full and complete plan as to how to do this because it's not just you know, telling people about how to use, use a tool or how to use a social media platform, how to, to network in a virtual environment. It's, it's about changing the behavior, changing the way we do business. I, you know, I keep coming back to that. Um, <clears throat> and, and so... you. you you can't do that with just a, you know, a one-time training. Um, we find the same thing here at SAP that, you know, if, if our trainers just do that one-time training, walk away and never look back, um, the, the implementation never happens. There's no, um, we really don't see the impact on the business at all. You might have one or two people that are excited about it and keep going and don't go back to their desks and do the things the way they've always done them. But for the most part, you're not going to get that full team um, growth. Whereas if you, you know, you work with, with the marketing team, with the trainer, with the sales leadership, and with the enablement team, and pull it all, all those people together, and, and set up a strategy that, you know, how are we going to follow this up? How are we going to make sure that this gets adopted in the long term, and, uh, and set up some sort of strategy there? That's when we see the true impact at SAP. Thank you. Jill Rowley, got to get your thoughts on this, please. Yeah, um, I've been working with an organization to develop what we call the Social Selling Starter Kit. And it really is a very prescriptive um, uh, intro, if you will, to 
all of these moving parts that we've been talking about, about really setting up the strategy, really defining the plan, really doing that internal uh, cross-functional org alignment, um, understanding where you are today, so assessing the maturity of the organization, the readiness, if you will, of the organization. And again, it just it likens itself to my experience in marketing automation where you know, the analysts started to, to cover it and, and then we started to hear success stories of companies um, adopting marketing automation. And then you know, it became the, the, the hype and the buzz and companies went out and they bought marketing automation, but they didn't have the right people with the right skills. They didn't have um, a database that was current and clean and complete. They didn't have content aligned to the buyer's journey, so they, they had this like really cool like infrastructure, but they didn't have the components to actually um, execute on the capabilities of it. So, you know, it's the same thing with with social selling. There's a lot to learn, um, and and we're going to start to see articles of what I wish I would have known prior to you know purchasing 200 seats of LinkedIn Sales Navigator or what I wish I would have known before doing that, you know, bringing in that keynote speaker at our sales kickoff to talk about social selling, um, what I wish I would have known. So there's, you know, this is just the natural evolution of a new emerging um, discipline, of a new emerging strategy. Um, we're going to learn from mistakes um, and, uh, and, and, and we're, we're, we're going to, you know, th- that's why I think there's going to be more companies like Mario's that um, exist because we need people who have actually had the experience of driving the adoption within their own organizations um, and, and know, and know you know, what, what to avoid, if you will. Thank you, Jill. We have just enough time for me to just pop two more topics in from Kirsten Boylow's list. Kirsten, I'm going to give you a minute to comment on both. I'm going to mush them together, but I think they go together. <laughs> then we're going to circle back to Jill and give you, I'm going to try and say one full minute for crystal ball predictions from Jill, then Mario, then Kirsten. So Kirsten says, and, and maybe I should have started the show with this. Many people look at social selling training as a quick thing. It looks easy. It's social media. How hard can it be? I think we've already talked about the fact that there is a lot that goes into it. It is difficult, but more important, it takes planning and a strategy and all kinds of pieces coming together from the right part of your organization. But here's what I want you to talk about, Kirsten. You say you can't just apply the same sales tactics of the cold call and cold email to social selling and expect better results. Kirsten, give us a one-minute review of why, please. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, um, <clears throat> I come from a sales, an inside sales background, business development background, and and when I was doing that, we were told to dial, dial, dial. That was what we were supposed to do, and it didn't matter um, if we could, you know, um, make those calls better in any way. We just had to hit those dial numbers, and you can't just do the same thing with social. You can't just share, 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 and expect that you're going to to get that uh, a, a better result or a different result because um, just like someone doesn't answer a cold cold call or they don't respond to a cold email, it just goes into their junk mail, um, <clears throat> the same thing can be said on social. They can unfollow you. They can shut you down. They can block you so easily and you never even know. Uh, and you could uh, be shouting into a, an empty void at, at, by, you know, at some point because it is so easy for people to shut you down. And, and so it, it, you have to be very, very careful about how you... Um, how you apply uh, social tactics to a sales um, cycle. 
Thank you very much. And now let's see. I just found out how many minutes we have left. Well, Justin's going to tell me in a second. I think we have three and a half minutes left. That means I'm going to play very fair and start with Jill Rowley. Jill, look into the crystal ball. I know you polished it off for the show. And I want you to tell me how far in the future can you predict what will be different about social selling adoption? Will we even be talking about it at some point in the future? Will we be calling it social selling? We'll be calling it what? Jill Rowley, 60 seconds. Please predict. We still have to call it social selling because it is so different, and we, we need to, to, to know that it's, it's not just the way that we used to sell. Buying has changed. The way that we have to sell, the, the way we sell has to change, and the, I think one of the biggest things is that this is not linear. Um, it's definitely more fluid, and it, it just isn't as scripted and uh, as, as the way that we used to pick up the phone and send emails. And that is really difficult for um, sales leadership specifically to embrace. And it, it's it, to understand how the culture of social is and how to teach not your salespeople um, what to do specifically in what order and how many times a day, that that's just not how social works. And so there's this new... Um, mindset, if you will, of we, we're not here to, to sell. It's not always be closing. We're really looking at how do we help customers um, achieve their business goals, solve their problems. And, and at the end of the day, it might not include um, selling your product. It, you know, as a rep at Eloqua, I would know whether a customer was mature enough to buy marketing automation. And if they weren't, I would send them um, to serious decisions. Um, they did the, the best research on modern marketing in, in that day and age. Similarly, mm-hmm. today, if I know a company is not ready for social selling and all that goes with it, I will, I will refer them to Forrester. Forrester researches um, papers and articles and research on social selling because that Forrester is the analyst that gets this the best at this stage of the maturity. And so if, if they're not ready, I know they're not ready for, for what it is I can help them with, I will help them get more, ed- the whole training and always be learning, I will help them learn before they make any purchase decision. Thank you very much, Jill. We need to save one minute. We barely have it left for Mario M. Martinez, Jr. Go ahead, Mario. Predict. <laughs> Predictions. Um, <clears throat> I believe that social selling will be the, the, the mainstream um, the de facto methodology by which um, sales organizations will be utilizing in the next two years at a minimum within the next year. And I I 100% agree with Jill. There are so many sales leaders who are my age and older, uh, the 40 plus, who are so focused on the productivity-based sales model, how many calls you made, how many appointments did you have, and they're forgetting the element that sales is about relationship building. So social selling is here. I love the name social selling. It should be relationship building, quite frankly, but it's mm-hmm. really a personal, personal, personal sales um, relationship building methodology. And that's where we need to be focused at is, is how many um, conversations can, did we create and how many of those conversations are tur- turning into good relationships with buyers. Um, and that's really where we're focused. I, I think sales leaders will be focused at is how we're helping the modern buyer as opposed mm-hmm. to how many calls did you make? How many appointments did you do? Um, right. Did you hit your quota? Is, are we helping? Because when we help... People will buy. That's my prediction. Thank you very much. And Kirsten, I can save 30 seconds for you. Talk fast. Predictions. 
my prediction for um, 2020 would be that social selling will almost be a a thing of the past and we'll have some brand new way of interacting with buyers and the buyer journey will have changed once again. Thank you very much. Brief and to the point. I appreciate it. I'm tweeting the on-demand link. This will be podcast posted very, very soon by Justin. And thank you to our engineer, Jill Rowley. Don't wait so long to come back, please. We missed you and always glad to hear your great insights. And you just, when you talk, people listen, Jill. What can I tell you? It's just something that happens. Thank you very much. Mario and Martinez, congratulations on all of your success. Great to hear things are going so well. And I hope you'll come back soon, too. And Kirsten Boylow, just keep doing your wonderful series so social selling with game changers and try not to plan your events back to back so we can give you 10 <laughs> seconds break between between being live and being live. So I'm Bonnie D. Graham and here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today and learn social selling the right way and do good for your company. Make relationships happen. Have a great day. Bye bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Social Selling with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.